0: hello welcome to this sixth edition of the africa climate conversations podcast a podcast dedicated to bridging climate communication gaps in africa i'm your host sophie Mboguo. Now, this week we head to Ghana, where the country has been implementing the Greater Accra Metropolitan Air Quality Strategy. Ghana's Environmental Protection Agency Acting Director Emmanuel Apo will be taking us through the air quality monitoring journey, which started way back in 1996. Mr. Apo, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Sophie. I'm the Acting Director
0: yeah.
1: for environmental quality, mm-hmm. I look at air quality, mm-hmm. and then also look at the water quality and wastewater discharges, I look at land pollution, mm-hmm. and then uh, noise control, Yeah. among others.
0: Thank you so much, it's great having you on the show. Thank you. All right, so I want us to discuss Ghana basically and the air quality management plan and what you guys are doing in terms of air pollution. Mm-hmm. I want to first start understanding, in terms of Ghana, generally, what is the situation when it comes to air quality?
1: Like any other country, definitely you have challenge. If you don't have challenge, you don't come out with solutions. No. You have various sources of pollution from the transport sector, especially the motor vehicle mm-hmm. uh, sector, and then also the fuel quality. And then um, we also have a challenge in, in open burning of waste. Solid waste, Uh, solid waste management is not all that good. Uh, We are unable to collect the solid waste and manage them properly. So, just about 60% is collected, 40% find their way into the environment, some are burnt. Mm -hmm. So, and then people also tend to extract uh, precious metals from waste, e waste, by burning and emitting a lot of smoke into the, the, the atmosphere. Um, we also have, most of our roads are not paved, so dusty roads, and then because of where we are in, in, in the globe in Africa, we, we are in the equator. The sun is very, very high here, and we tend to have a lot of dust emissions into the atmosphere, especially from the open areas and then on paved roads, and then we also have in problems with um, uh, financial problems, especially dealing with uh, uh, funding to 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 roll out the air quality monitoring to almost every major city in the country. All our efforts have been centered in the greater Acre metropolitan areas. This year, we've deployed some sensors also in the second cap- uh, uh, major city in Ghana, which is Kumasi, and then the port city of Tema. So gradually we are rolling up to, to the region very, very slow and the funds are very, very limiting. The other aspect is that um, we tend to have a lot of theft cases. The equipment that we use, are uh, portable ones, that we place them in a cage, a metal cage at vantage points. So we have stations advantage vantage points where we place the equipment. And sometimes we have, they are stolen, they are vandalized. By thieves, and then this metal caging are also stolen by scraps, scrap dealers in the night. So it's, it's a, a very big challenge, and um, we have also not done much about uh, attributing uh, pollution to sources. So we have what we call the source apportionment studies. Uh, we have we are working on it, but not much has been achieved on, on that.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. When we talk about the Greater Accra region, first, for our audience who do not, who probably do not know about more about Ghana and have not been to Ghana, which area or that you cover? The Greater Accra region.
1: Yeah, w- when we talk uh, about Greater Accra region, we have 16 regions in Ghana.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the Greater Accra region is where we have uh, the national capital, yeah. Accra. Yeah. Uh, being, and it's, it looks like it's the smallest region that we have, but laden with population, the population is very high. You know, migration, and then people migrate into Accra. Uh, Deadly, it has been reported that about almost 2.5 million people visit Accra and live. So the stress and population uh, is also increasing. Facilities are limiting, and facilities are not coping with the influx. So you tend to have a lot of slums, a lot of people trying to adjust themselves in any space that they have, and begin to do anything to survive.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you tend to have people doing a lot of uh, scrap works and uh, a lot of where things that can they can make ends meet at. All. Yeah. So, Greater Accra region is very interesting region because the Accra itself, that used to be in Accra, now has been divided into 13 metropolitan areas. Mm-hmm. And there were other additional metropolitan areas in Accra. So, roughly, we've got have about 19, 20 metropolitan areas in, Accra, in, in Greater Accra. In
0: 2018, Ghana developed the Greater Accra Region Air Quality Management Plan. Perhaps um, you can tell us what is all about. Why was there a need?
1: because of congestion and the um influx of people and activities here pollution levels are really very high as i've told you so um there was a need that um, we highlight the efforts that have been made over the years and then look at the gaps that uh, uh remains and then what do we do with the gaps? What sort of measures do we put in to fill in those gaps? And then we also look at how in the overall, the standards that we we, we developed can, can also be implemented in, in this region and in the country as a whole. So looking at the totality like this, you need a plan. So we have to come up with a plan that will really highlight what has been done and what is left, what are the gaps that we need to fill in, uh, what are the resources that we need, who and who should be involved, mm-hmm. and then look at the stakeholder mapping, um, looking at institutions and their roles. Uh, every institution has a role, and there are a lot of institutions that have overlapping roles to do with air pollution or waste mm-hmm. management. And then we we'll look at institutions in one way or the other, that we also have something to do at the transport sector. We can also reduce emissions, the mining sector, and then in the manufacturing sector, and then the regulators themselves. So looking at all these things, we needed to put them together and generate what we call the greater metropolitan area, air quality management plan. It's not only the management plan that we have alone, but we have developed communication plan also associated with that. And the communication plan is to help us communicate information to the general public. So as part of the plan, all relevant stakeholders have been identified. Their roles have been specifically defined. And all these stakeholders are also part of the technical committee. So we have a technical committee. Mm -hmm. Then we have the steering committee. And then we have the, uh, what we call the uh, communication committee. So, three major committees have been formed and then to oversee to the implementation of, of this. So, regularly, the steering committee will call um, for a meeting and then ask individual institutions what they have done and what where they are heading towards. And then also, what plans have they put in place in terms of their budgeting, whether they've budgeted for them through their work plans. The whole thing is that it is not EPA, Environmental Protection Agency is the regulator that will provide the funding, but each institution should be able to look at uh, their funding source and then put them in their work plan Mm -hmm. and then make sure that this is implemented. And we have a target. We set a very ambitious target uh, in uh, 2014 to uh, 2025. and we say by 2025, we should be able to control pollution and bring the levels to compliance with the Ghana standard that have been, now been published. And we intend rolling up this in the other regions because some regions, every region may have its own peculiar problems and it may not differ, but there could be some variations uh, in the regions so that in uh, totality, we can have the national plan.
0: Okay. So I wanted to tell us what exactly you're doing in terms of how you're monitoring air pollution levels and um, what specific particulars in terms of emission, what what are you monitoring and how are you monitoring that?
1: Because the agency has a, a major role to play, we needed to set up monitors. So we started this one in 1996 with the help of uh, World Bank. Uh, support. And then this was being done in only Accra and Tema, the port city, in certain areas. So we have monitors in commercial, industrial, and then the residential areas, only three these areas. So along the line, you know, as we are in Africa, when funding sources, doing this becomes very, very challenging to get papers parts and out. So the problem was that uh, it ended somewhere around 2001, and uh, we needed to revamp it in 2002, 2003, and it took us about three years uh, to get support from other partners like US EPA, who came into in, 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 to us uh, to support us. And then I must not leave out Jenna um, uh, Kumu from UN Environment, who also has been very, very helpful uh, in helping us also reduce lead in fuel so that small project also was also part of it with our appetite again then we set up a comprehensive air quality monitoring uh, program in 2005 and it has really helped us with monitors the high volume samplers and then the uh, other uh, uh, mini, vol- mini volume samplers in that 2 we uh, monitoring parameters like particulate matter, the total suspended particulate matter, and then particulate matter with effective size of less than 10 microns. And then as time goes on, we decided also to include the particulate matter with effective size less than 2.5 microns. And then gases like sulfur dioxide, nitrogen dioxide, and carbon monoxide. But the levels of this uh, gaseous pollutants when we monitored over the uh, uh, space of time, um, we realized that they were very, very low. So, and then the particulates were more higher. Mm-hmm. And incidence of reporting, the health burden in 2010 was also reported of higher incidence of uh, particulate matter exposure and then health burden. So we decided also to look at the, the particulate matter more than the gases. So we now concentrate our effort on particulate matter. Which is very very key to us as a country because where we are situated we normally have a lot of dust from the northeast of africa towards the south the coding sector and alongside we have a lot of bush burning activities also from the north to the middle bed which also carry a lot of uh, uh, particles uh, down south then we as i've said open areas and a lot of um, on paved roads in the country also also uh, attributing to to the the dust levels high dust levels in the atmosphere yeah. so this is why our efforts are on the particulate now and the particulate matter is very very key to us to monitor mm-hmm. so in the monitoring we realized that the levels were very very high currently we have the roadside monitoring, the commercial, industrial, and then we have the residential. So these four areas, Mm -hmm. we have monitors scattered across, and we are using the US EPA site selection criteria. So every, we are using the neighborhood criteria, which is about every four kilometers within the city, we should have a monitor there. So this is how we have planned it. And the, the monitors are scattered across the greater climate important area to be able to, to see the um, uh, record, the levels of pollutants uh, in totality within the, the greater climate important area. So studies have shown,
0: yeah.
1: and through all the things that we are doing, as I said, doing with academia, the health sector, the researchers, the uh, local government, looking at the um, uh, NGOs. So it's a multifaceted, uh, ad hoc team that we have. And studies have shown that the health burden associated with particulate matter in, in particular is second to malaria in Ghana. And this study really shocked us in 2010. So we had to do more. So we had to look at how we can estimate. So what is the burden, death associated with that? Then in 2015, we did an assessment and saw so that the Greater Accra metropolitan area in 2015 alone about 2,800 people died. If nothing is done by 2030, we should have about 4,600, which was very very high. And the WHO also reported 28,000 deaths in 2017 across the country. So what do we do as a country? So we needed to tighten our, 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 our the, the system and look at where the loopholes are and where towards them. And one key area that we identified in the transport sector was that we needed to have what we call cleaner bus systems. Mm-hmm. So we had to come up with some strategy to be able to have cleaner bus systems and then cleaner bus system will not operate alone as clean, but it requires fuel, good fuel. Yeah. So we needed to bring down the sulfur levels of enough well from five thousand ppm now to fifteen ppm. So ambitious, yeah. and within the ECOWAS region, Ghana has been able to achieve this. Just similar to what East Africa has done. And currently, our fuel typicals are between ten to fifteen ppm, mm-hmm. which is a very good plus. So This has paved way for newer vehicles to come in. So we have to do another inventory, what we call the full economy and emission inventory to look at what is happening. So we did that and also came out and saw that because we use a lot of light duty vehicles, most of these light duty vehicles have age group. The age limits uh, average age was about 4.7 years, which is good. And the fuel, the petrol was 7.3 liters per 100 kilometer, And the diesel was 7.2. It means that comparing this with the OECD limits, we are improving.
0: Yeah.
1: And we needed to do more. So the initiative, the standards on fuel that were uh, actually came into being, as well as the strategies that we have put in, is really making an impact now in the transport sector. Though we are not here, we wanted to have the mass transit system to be able to take off much of the vehicles on our way. Because congestion is also a very key on the limited road speed that we have. And the poor driving patterns is also impacting that. Mm -hmm. So this has really helped us. And we needed also to look at how we can also reduce the economic burden Mm -hmm. on the country associated with the air pollution. Because it was estimated by the World Bank in 20, that, that the country analysis that about 2.5 billion US dollars is lost yeah. through air pollution. Mm-hmm. And then um, this amounts to about 4.2% of our GDP. Sure. So it's very grave, and we needed to do more. So currently, under the transport we sector, we've come up with some strategy to prepare ourselves towards electric mobility. It was very soon to catch up with this. it will be coming together. So we need to look at the infrastructure needs and then also look at how the roads can also be paved. So working with the Ministry of Transport on on that that, that aspect and also look at how we can reduce the importation of over eight vehicles, which is now kept that 10 years and bring it down to maybe five years. Mm -hmm. So that talks have been ongoing on these things. And under the same transport sector, we, any vehicle was coming into the country. So we didn't have to, to, to streamline the type of vehicles that were coming into the country. Mm-hmm. So we come with a vehicle homological, uh, how call it, strategy or, 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 or policies. So now we have the vehicle policy. That's the length of the vehicle, the type of vehicle that has to come in, the engine size and everything. Now we have a policy in the country to control that. Mm-hmm. The other aspect is that we have institutions like regulatory institutions, like Environmental Protection Agency, <laughs> under the Ministry of Environment. So this regulatory is also regulating the industrial sector. We all have what we call environmental re- impact regulatory system that have been put in place. Every company that has to come will have to take a, per- a permit from EPA. Mm-hmm. The permit will come with the permit conditions. And then you have to put in emission reduction systems in, 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 in the facility. So once you put in emission facility, it will also be monitored quarterly, monthly and quarterly. So that institution or that company has to monitor every month and report quarterly to EPA. And the EPA will do also do counter monitoring to see whether the results are doing. So this is also ongoing in the, in the country to control the manufacturing sector aspect. So there are a lot of activities, a lot of interventions that are going in, and I think this is a very good place for other uh, African countries to, to emulate and, and, and then try to put such systems in place to be able to reduce source emissions in,
0: in, in the country. You mentioned that there is a lot of sectors working together in terms of air pollution monitoring in different sectors, understanding what the different sector is actually doing. For example, the Ministry of Energy, understanding what the Ministry of Health is actually doing, and the Ministry of Environment, you know, uh, working together. What I'm wondering in terms and you mentioned that finance has been a bit um, you know, hard to come by. You've been doing a lot of monitoring for a very long time. What are you doing in terms of um sourcing money from within? that goes towards air pollution? And do you have a specific fund You say, this percentage of our budget specifically goes towards meeting our air pollution endeavors?
1: This is a million questions that you have asked. <laughs> <laughs> As a country, our ink flow is not much, like many African countries. So there is really competition on the national kick. And, and government is always looking at areas that they can invest. The borrowing is very, very high. Yeah. If you listen to the news, Ghana domestic debt is going up. Mm. So not really that we get too much money from government. But institutionalized, if you put in your budget and it's approved by the board of governors or directors, mm. um, it's approved, you get some funding for, but from that aspect of the institution, if it's local government entities, Ministry of Environment and the rest. But for EPA Ghana, we are a solventive institution. We generate our own income and pay ourselves. So income flow is not as much, and we need to pay salaries, pay remunerations, con- do everything that we want to do. And at the same time, also conduct monitoring. So, we are doing our best as an institution, but as an institution, too, we also have to look at collaborate because of the ability to collaborate, Mm -hmm. ability to work with partners, both local and international. We tend to come up with programs, uh, donor-funded programs. Some are in the form of uh, small-scale funding, and then uh, the SSFs. Some are also in the mega project like a country project, and then you have some aspect of air quality in it and you get something from it, like consumables. Like when we we're doing that of the Danida project mm-hmm. in Ghana, under the transport sector, air pollution had its own share, and we had some funding to buy consumables and some equipment for the laboratory. Mm-hmm. So these are some things that are happening. So we we'll be working with the World Bank, and currently, under the Pollution Management uh, and Environmental Health, the web has given us two state-of-the-art equip- monetary equipment, okay. which cannot be found in Africa. It is one and it's of its kind that can be found in the U.S. and Europe, and giving us real-time accurate time. Yeah. And it's helping us also in doing a lot of studies, a lot of Training for students and a lot of collaboration with other institutions. So it's it's now a center for ECOWAS, West Africa, mm-hmm. which I'm making uh, a case for for people in the environment sector to be able to come and learn something from it and also replicate in their country. Mm-hmm. So we have grants, we get some form of uh, loans, a bit of loans. And then we also get some help from from, from our partners from U.S. And then we also get U.N. environment, UNIDO. Under the U.N. sector, we also have that. And then CCAC um, is also of good help to us. So in terms of when we're dealing with the climate change and then air pollution, the synergy between them, we have the CACAC also uh, assisting one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So it is, yes, it is. We, yeah. we 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 get some so much more funding we get a bit from the government and then we also try to work out how we, we we can survive and we've done that to perfection um since we started monitoring we keep on adding 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 without stopping yeah. and, and it's though it's we get some challenges sometimes consumables run out and it takes a whole year or two to get it <laughs> Uh, i don't call it surprise but we're doing our best as a country
0: all right i was going to ask you maybe someone who's listening and is interested in that particular program you can tell us what's the name of the program and how best they can communicate with you if someone is interested in the program oh
1: yeah the pollution management environmental health if you are interested you can reach out to me um because we are the pioneers that developed the project with the way back mm. in 2014. You can live with the World Bank office in your country and then express the interest in it and then start from there. We are ready to share experience on that. I'll be able to help Nigeria to also source that, that funding. And now they also have uh, monitors uh, yeah. to, to start with.
0: Okay. And, and because I want, want us to end this lovely conversation, I just want to understand how you communicate. Um, monitoring is one thing and understanding this is how air pollution in the great um, Accra region is, but then how to communicate with people? And I'm talking about, um, apart from the stakeholders that you're working with, but with your population, and then in terms of them understanding and the measures they can actually do. Probably you can walk us through that.
1: Yeah, we communication is not all that, um, we have not just grown that aspect well, Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge we had was that we were monitoring the monitors that we had, we monitor every six days. And then you do laboratory analysis. By the time you are done, it is two weeks. Mm-hmm. And you get information, you want to inform the general public, then it becomes like people will be passing the agency. That if somebody had died, you have died and gone. Why are you telling us history? So it became a, a big challenge and very wor- worrisome to me. That's why I started contacting the World Bank and other partners to see how best we, we, we can solve that problem. And now we have the state of the art equipment. Mm. And then to improve communication also across the country, we are looking at how some of these local sensors can be deployed in, 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 uh, as a network in the regions all existing regions in Ghana. And then um, to do that, because we have a standard, we need to meet standards. So we're want now doing what we call sensor intercomparison with the regulatory sensors, and then come out with a correction factor. taking into uh, consideration the weather conditions, like temperature and humidity. So when we're able to do that, and hopefully by March, we should be able to come out with a correction factor and when that is done, we'll permit the deployment um, of these sensors across the country so that reporting from them, they real time sensors, mm. reporting from them will be very, very sure that whatever we are getting is, is near to accuracy. Sure. And then get it this. And so the plan is that we would send information through the Ghana Meteorological Agency. We'll have apps, we'll have web based information. And then we also have radio-based and then TV-based broadcasting to the citizens. And that information will be a health-based information in the form of air quality index. So we tend to use the color. Green means good. Yellow means it's not good for people with underlying health conditions like asthma. And then red or orange means that it's unhealthy. And then violet, hazardous a maroon means that very, very hazardous and dangerous. So we want to use this system so that people who are not even illiterate can really see the colors on the screen, they can easily interpret and then try to protect themselves. Sure. So that's where we want and this will be done this year.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. All right.
1: Currently before I had a call with you, I had this you know on the Ghana television also telling the public about the air quality index for yesterday
0: mm. yeah yeah fantastic so that means that's when now you will use with this uh, investment that you're starting real-time kind of monitoring previously the monitors that you've been doing were not real-time yeah
1: they weren't they weren't
0: all ah, right they, weren't.
1: they were very very laborious they are graphometric they pick on filters, and then you send them to the laboratory for analysis
0: mm. Fantastic. Okay, and so rolling out in terms of other different regions, you, are you going to roll out the same kind of system, or maybe the, the, this particular real time system?
1: We'll have the mix. Yeah, mix. Because so. you need the filter. Yes, we have the. We need the filter base to analyze the composition of the toxins mm. in the air. Mm. So without the filter, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So we need that to do that, uh, so that we can easily know the sources where actually these things are coming from and then work towards that to, to, to control this, where the pollutant is coming from. Mm. So that is what we will call the source attributions or the source apportionment studies that we're doing now. Yeah. So we do the source apportionment studies with the filter-based, uh, sample collection, mm. and then we'll use the real-time monitoring for daily, um, air quality index, uh, broadcasting or forecasting.
0: Yeah.
1: So currently we have. We have really trained, we had support. You know, I told you that we did, we, we always on our partners to, to fish out for something new. So we had uh, a support from the US Embassy. And then they gave us a fellow to come and train us Ghanaian scientists mm-hmm. from all sorts of institutions on how to do forecasting, modeling and forecasting.
0: Yeah.
1: And that have been done, one well, full year training. Uh, have been done, so uh, Ghana Meteorological Agency is going to use that skills also to be able to forecast, and that is the uh, long term uh, plan that we're going to have.
0: Okay, fantastic! Thank you so much, Imanol. What's your final word?
1: My final word is that there's something new, something great happening in Ghana, so we have more to share with our brothers and sisters in different countries. So our hands are open. Yeah. If anybody needs our help in air quality management, can call on us and we will assist. Mm. And let's all bring our heads together, our hands together to reduce air pollution and make our, uh, our planet more safer and healthy. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so, so much. I sincerely appreciate you and appreciate you taking this time to actually speak to us. Thank you. Thank you, too. Ghana's Environmental Protection Agency Acting Director Emmanuel Apo taking us through Ghana's air quality monitoring. Remember, you can listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and every other podcast channel you access your other podcast. We also have tons of materials available on www.africaclimateconversations.com. So please feel free to visit the website. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more. Talk to you next week on Tuesday. But until then, kwaheri, my name is Sophie Mbogwa.